right, we are going to do another one of our simulcasts with Archangel Radio in Alabama. And we're in Mobile, Alabama. It's an AM-FM combo. And uh, it's with our very own collaborator, contributor, dear friend, K.V. Turley. And uh, so you'll hear me on Archangel Radio. Uh, so if you're out there in Mobile, Alabama... Check it out, AM and FM. And if uh, you're listening to the Crusade Channel, you will hear what is being broadcast on Archangel Radio here on the Crusade Channel. So uh, whenever KV Turley is ready for me to uh, to join the Archangel Radio, uh, Kevin, uh, is is now the time or are we, or are we going uh, 9.30? Well, I think, uh, good morning, first of all, to you, Mike. Good morning uh, to you! And good morning uh, to all your listeners, to all you crusaders. I miss you all. Um, <laughs> and they miss you. <laughs> I, I, I tell you what, the Crusade Channel audience is very unique. Uh, as you know, I've appeared on a number of radio shows, do, uh, stations doing different shows. But uh, there's nobody who's quite as much, has much fun, shall I say, as the Crusade Channel uh, audience. It really is something else. So good morning to you and good morning to Maggie, uh, your producer, uh, who will mm -hmm. no doubt keep us on the straight and narrow, as producers tend to do, I find. <laughs> As, well, much, as, much, as much as they're able to, Maggie, it's a bit like having a dog that's not quite house-trained. That's my impression with most show hosts at the moment. Right? Well, I know where the door is to go outside and be house-trained, so... <laughs> 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 so, so what I'm going to do, Mike, if it's okay, we're just having a little chat. We're we're having a, sh a break over on Archangel Radio. We just finished praying. Each day we pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet, and I say this every time I come on air with with you is that if there's anybody in the Crusade Channel universe who needs prayers, you can be prayed for every single day by the Archangel Radio Prayer Army that is developing over there when we say the Divine Mercy Chaplet every single day at 9 a.m. Central Time. And I would love to have your prayer requests sent to us. You can just text them through. You don't have to li even listen to us. I'll pray for you, 251-928-2111. And we'd be delighted to pray for you and get everybody in Lower Alabama praying for you as well. And that includes you, Mr. Church. If you, I know you don't need prayers. You have a special line to the top, but uh, just in case. I can always use prayers. What do you mean I don't need prayers? <laughs> you, you have a direct line, I thought. <laughs> you have a direct line. Well, we, we, were, we were going to simulcast this. We were going to do a try. I'm being told now that I can't do it. I don't know why. A tricast and stream this on YouTube on uh, uh, Mike Parrott's Rundown Radio uh, or uh, Rundown YouBoob channel. So if that happens, it happens. But yes, I can always about use prayers. Like faith. By listening daily to Archangel Radio. So, <laughs> so that that's the sound of us being connected. I think I think we're I think all we're connected, connected now. now. Is that uh, Reed? Uh, do you want to come on air and just say if we are connected or not now? Yes, Kevin. I'm not on the air right now, but we are all connected, so uh, we're oh, ready when you are. Oh, oh, Reed, you are on the air. You are oh, speaking yeah, I'm, to I'm, the I'm, Crusade I'm, Channel. Yes. yes uh, I am on Mike Search, but uh, we're coming back on Archangel in just a moment. So, Mike, that is my producer, Reed Hodges, who is a wonderful producer here at Archangel Radio, and he does what Maggie does for you. Yay, there Reed! You there you go, Reed. Okay, so uh, if it's okay with you, Mike, what we'll do is we'll have a little uh, introduction music. I will introduce you properly to my audience, and you introduce me, if you like, to Absolutely. yours. So I, al I already know your audience, but I love them. Okay, Reed, we are ready to roll. 
All right, Kevin, give me just a second. We will start. Uh, All looks good at NASA One. All looks good at NASA One, Roger. Coming forward with the side stick here. <laughs> okay, so they're uh, they're gonna get their uh, their music and all that lined up, and then we'll be live uh, at about five seconds or so because it's nine thirty, and they are on hard breaks. So Mike Churchill here on the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio, the way it should be. You are hearing it today, and are hearing it on live on FM and AM radio in Mobile, Alabama, through Archangel Radio and the Turley Experience. Uh, remember, you can always, uh, uh, you can, uh, many of you have communicated with, and you can write to KV. And uh, we are actually putting together a Labor Day uh, special in his, uh, kind of in his honor. It is going to be a sci-fi uh, radio film festival. That remind me, Justin, did you find the, the Twilight Zone stuff? Yes. All right, let's see if KV is ready for our, our, our simulcast. I think we're just waiting for you to be silent, Mike. All right, I will be silent, sir. <laughs> that would be a first. Have we played the music, Reed? I can't hear it at this end. Yes, Kevin, we are back on Archangel Radio. Apologies for anybody listening. Uh, you probably just heard Mike there, uh, our wonderful guest this morning, talking. So welcome back to Turley Frequency here live on Archangel Radio. And now we have joined up. Now, do you remember there are some of us old enough to remember the Apollo Suez link up in space? Well, this is the kind of radiophonic equivalent where the Crusade Channel and Archangel Radio slowly come together in the Earth's orbit. When I, as host of the Turley Frequency, connect with Mr. Mike Church, who is the King Dude and host of the Mike Church Show live every morning on the Crusade Channel. Mike, welcome to the Turley Frequency here on Archangel Radio. Kevin, welcome to the Crusade Channel and the Mike Church here on the Crusade Channel. And thank you very much. It is a pleasure and an honor to be back. No, it's our pleasure and privilege to have you. Now, I have many, many questions for you. You probably remember the last time we talked, the, um, the primaries, both Republican and Democrat, were just beginning to form. The, the runners and the riders were beginning to line up. Now, since then, there has been a, some very interesting developments, not least on the Republican side. So do you want to bring us up to date on the runners and riders? Some have increased and some have decreased in the last month or so since we spoke. Well, uh, those that have increased, it's it's interesting that the more indictments they throw at President Trump, the higher his poll numbers go. As he was joking about on his true social media feed uh, last week, he goes, uh, he said, they've given me three indictments now. I only need one more to secure the presidency. Just one more. So go ahead, Joe, indict me again. So uh, the MAGA faithful here, those that voted for President President Trump in 2016, again in 2020. Uh, those numbers are not dwindling. They're not going to down. I still fully expect that even if it is from a jail cell, that Trump will be the GOP nominee. The interesting thing of what's happening is who is it that moves into second place then? So if you look at that, it's clearly, numerically speaking, it's Governor Ron DeSantis. But DeSantis is not anywhere near taking Trump out in any of the early states where it matters. You know, I don't, <clears throat> I don't uh, know for how many people know about how the uh, the the process works in Republican primaries, uh, but it's pretty much remained the same as it has been since World War II, and that is, or since at least in the, in the 1960 election, and that is the kickoff event is what's called the Iowa caucus. 
and it's not a vote. You you go to a actual polling place. You probably stay there most of the day, and you caucus. You caucus for candidates, and whoever has the the, the most amount of caucuses at the end of the day will then win the Iowa caucus. Um, uh, this is a great place. To, it's a great place to campaign, and it's a great place. Uh, right now, the Iowa State Fair is, is teeing up. Next week, the Iowa State Fair kicks off. So it'll be interesting to see who comes out of the Iowa State Fair leading for second place in the polls. Right now, it's DeSantis, followed by Tim Scott, followed by Vivek Ramaswamy, followed by Nikki Haley. Um, if I had to guess right now, I would say that it would be Tim Scott, who is a senator from South Carolina, who probably does uh, the best in a place like the Iowa caucus, because he's very friendly. But then again, if you've, if you've ever heard Vivek Ramaswamy, you can't shut this guy up. I mean, once he gets rolling, Kevin, and he starts talking, there is no stopping him. He's the energizer candidate. Well, I, I, I'm wondering really about his candidacy. Um, but before before I talk about that, Mike, just just on the Iowa caucus business, it's it's not. I mean, although a lot is made of it because it's the first uh, of the primaries. I mean, it's it's not a kind of fatal blow if somebody doesn't do well in Iowa, or is it? No, no, it's not a fatal blow. The, okay, so the way it goes is, and they messed around with it because you want to be first. They, Florida wanted to be first and wanted to beat New Hampshire, but I believe that the order has pretty much been restored. So it will go Iowa caucus, and then the first big primary is the New Hampshire primary, which is ironic because New Hampshire only has five electoral votes. Uh, so it's this is not a state that you have to win to win the presidency. I mean, you want to win it, but you don't have to. And so they go to New Hampshire, and then that is an actual straight-up primary. It's a closed primary, meaning that only Republicans can run uh, for the Republican nod, and only Democrats can run for the Democrat nod. Then they go to Florida, and then South Carolina, I believe, is the order. South Carolina is another big one, and of course you have two candidates from South Carolina. You have Nikki Haley, who used to be the governor, and who was Trump's secretary of state for a year and a half. And you have Tim Scott, who was a Florida a South Carolina legislator, and he was a South Carolina senator, and then he was a member of the House of Representatives, and then he ran for the United States Senate, and he's a U.S. senator. Well, just just on that, Mike, because um, you, you've alluded to a number of these candidates, and also, you know, Mike Pence has come into the into the picture as well since we spoke last. Um, when we spoke last, <laughs> when we spoke last, um, DeSantis was was the person who seemed to be the dark horse, the person who was the possible contender, and Trump might. Um, now, the latest opinion polls that I've looked at, certainly on the New York Times, Trump is way, way out in front. I mean, to the point where you wonder why there's anybody else in the field. But nevertheless, we'll go through the field very, very briefly and very, very quickly, if we may, just because DeSantis has faded. And what do you put that down to? Well, he's great. Uh, he's, he's a great candidate. I mean, he's a great governor of Florida, he, and he's, he's well-loved and uh, very admired and respected as a candidate or as, a, uh, as the governor of Florida. But most people don't know this, but let me let you in on a little secret. This is the third attempt to elect a Bush as president. So this is old Bush family money 
Carl Rove is probably running the whole shindig from behind the scenes. This is big old Republican Party, never-ending war, uh, neocon as we call them, old war, uh, Bush family money behind DeSantis. People have smelled it. Then they can tell that he has altered his stances. He's altered some of what he says on a campaign trail. He's being micromanaged and managed by those people that ran the same candidate or, or, or a candidate in 2016 that lost to President Trump, Jeb Bush. You know, he called mm -hmm. low energy Jeb. Well, that's right. he's taken DeSantis and turned DeSantis into low energy DeSantis now. So that's what's happened. Okay, so uh, the trajectory with DeSantis, you see him just sort of like like one of those runners in a marathon. He'll just keep going towards the back. Is is that how you see that working out? Well, I don't think that he that he ever falls below second place. Right. Interesting. But it won't so, matter. It's, it's not. It's not going to matter. Uh, so I mean, I mean, we we have got quite a crowded. I mean, it, it's expanded. I mean, it was quite crowded when we spoke last, Mike. But it's it's got even bigger. The Republican primary field. But do you really think that the Chris Christies, the Larry Elders, <laughs> Nikki Haley's, Mike Pence, watch your language, Mike. Um, you know that all of these are just also rans, including Vivek Ramaswamy, all just also rans. There's no chance that one of them could break out, that Trump could somehow trip up and suddenly somebody else is out there. Well, first of all, scratch Mike is Penciate in honor of Judas, American Judas, from that number. Uh, it's not going to happen. He has now been, he is reviled, and he is making more enemies. You know, he's, he's in this because he doesn't want to actually have to work or be productive. So it's just scratch pence. Um, does Vivek Ramaswamy and the others, why do they remain in? Well, maybe they want to be vice president. Maybe That's they true. want to prove that they have staying power and that they uh, that they, they can make it to the finish line. But here's the thing. Let me answer the question you asked, and I won't be a media guy or a candidate and avoid it. So, can anyone beat Trump? Well, no. It's like Megyn Kelly, the uh, now disgraced yeah. uh, former broadcaster, or who still yeah. is a broadcaster of sorts. That's right. It's like Megyn Kelly said, when Donald Trump walks into a room, he sucks the life out of it. It all goes to him. And there's no undo. You can't treat, teach it. You can't train anyone forward. There is no answer to it. There is no, there is no kryptonite to kill it. So when he goes into those rooms, when he's on those stages, he just commands. And that's just the way it is, and that's the way it's going to be. So can anyone beat him? No. I don't think Reagan could beat him. So Trump's the nominee, even if he has to run from a jail cell and then pardon himself. Should he win? Um, so, no, no one is going to overtake Trump. Now, someone may overtake the uh, hearts and minds of, of Republican voters as, as second place. Right now, it's not going to be Krispy Kreme. That's Chris Christie. Um, it's not going to be any of those other. It's not going to be Asa Hutchinson. Um, uh, Nikki Haley, actually, I think is a pretty good candidate. I mean, when she was on the stage with Tucker Carlson at that event they had in Iowa, uh, I thought that she answered the questions as well as any of the other guys. So I wouldn't count Nikki Haley. Right now, I'm betting on Vivek Ramaswamy for second. Interesting. Very, very interesting. Um, what about Chris Christie? He's got a lot of play over this side of the Atlantic. I mean, is he is he a bit I mean he's he's got some Yeah, go on, Mike. Give me the give me both barrels. <laughs> well, Krispy Kreme is Chris Krispy Kreme uh, Christie uh, is an opportunist. Uh, he's already demonstrated that he is completely and totally, he is a shark. He is completely as a lout. He's already thrown Trump, on, uh, uh, President Trump under the bus. He's not loyal. 
He's not a friendly guy. He's not very well liked. He won in New Jersey because the big uh, New Jersey, and there is a big old, uh, people don't know this, uh, there have been many Republicans that have won New Jersey as governor. And Christine Tom Whitman uh, 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 won it. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of the, the one that won it after, uh, uh, in between her and, and Chris Christie. Uh, it used to be a Republican bellwether state. It's very industrial. It's very business-oriented and centered. Um, but Chris Christie was not a very well-liked governor. I mean, he did manage to, to, to survive uh, his term. Um, uh, and no, I do not think that Republican Party voters are going to warm to the likes of Chris Christie. He's no, he's okay. no Rudy Giuliani, and they're from the same area, okay. same cloth. So, so listen, I've had a note uh, that we need to talk about Democrats as well. <laughs> In the interest... Oh, let's do it! And we are, we are, we are, definitely. But I think, I mean, I think uh, what you're saying, Mike, which you predicted, you predicted the last time we spoke, was that Trump was a clearly ahead of the pack, that the only thing that was going to stop Donald Trump was Donald Trump. Yep. And so far, that hasn't happened. And the whole trajectory, as you say, interestingly, perhaps the challenge is for who can get enough uh, credibility to be a p potential vice president because I'm reading between the lines of what you're saying, Mike. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming Mike Pence will not be a vice president candidate with Donald Trump. <laughs> it will not be the second coming of Judas. It will not be Mike as Pence yet. No, that won't happen. <laughs> Okay, so let's turn to the Democrats. Now, of course, uh, somebody who's got a lot of coverage this side of the Atlantic is Robert F. Kennedy Jr., mm -hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, there's a lot of interest and a lot of amusement about him because people are seeing somebody who is obviously a better candidate than the incumbent uh, in the White House at the moment. And people are not sure as to why the Democrats are not sort of seizing somebody who looks like a winner as opposed to somebody sitting in a basement who doesn't know what type of ice cream he's eating. Well, so you had the Camelot mystique, which uh, is the uh, the romantic period of when John Fitzgerald Kennedy was president, and Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, was, or Jacqueline Kennedy Kennedy was uh, was uh, first lady as uh, as they call, as we call her. Uh, so there was a mystique of the Kennedy family, America's or the Democrat Party's uh, first uh, first family, if you will, kind of like American royalty. Um, obviously, there's a sympathy there because RFK Robert Francis Kennedy, that's his name, RFK. Jr.'s father, RFK Sr., was murdered uh, as he was running for the Democrat Party nomination. Something said, uh, my friend Joe Doyle of the Catholic Action League of Massachusetts said to me in an interview yesterday that I had never heard, and he said that RFK Jr. said this, and why his father ran for the presidency. And he said, my, my father said, and no one has bothered to look this up or repeat it, but he said the, re the main reason he ran to be president was so we could all find out who killed his brother, JFK. So there is a, a lineage there and a link between the, the Democrat Party and the Kennedys. But this is going to be severed. And it's going to be severed because RFK Jr. is not a Democrat. He, and now the, the only issue where he aligns with them, and he kind of takes more of a libertarian bent on this, and he is a, he is a Catholic, a practicing Catholic with you and I and many of, and many of our listeners, um, is that he has his libertarian line when it comes to abortion. And he says he doesn't think it's the place of the government, you know, the usual trope, doesn't think it's the place of the government, it's a woman's right to choose, and this and that and the other, and no regulations on this, you know, it's her, between her and her doctor and the usual 
unusual stuff. So he has to check that box to get the nomination. But on everything else, on education or ed educating the public about vaccinations, uh, on the food supply, on big ag, big pharma, big uh, the, the deep state, on almost every other uh, I issue, on the welfare state, as we call it uh, here, I think you call it the same uh, across the pond, uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is in opposition to the Democrat Party. He can't be their nominee. He only checks two of their boxes. And he only checks them because he's more of a libertarian. So here's what I think is interesting well, for well, our listeners. Well, before we get there, Mike, because I, I really am interested in, in how this is all going to play out. But um, just to be fair to everybody, I mean, the candidates that are left then for the uh, Democrats. The last time we spoke, uh, there was uh, that lady, I think, from California. Was it Marianne Williamson? You you said that she was a non-starter, I think, uh, yeah. somebody who wasn't going to make it. Um, there was somebody else who I think subsequently has dropped out, who you also said was a non-starter. I forget who it was, but anyway, they are a non-starter. So that leaves us with Joe Biden. Just on the whole Biden, uh, he has his problems. He has his uh, family issues that, we've, that are well documented or being increasingly documented by mm -hmm. the media. Um, do you think, I mean, you read these situations very well, I think very astutely. Do you think that people are looking at Biden, maybe having quiet conversations with them saying, you know, Joe, you know, you're 80 odd. Do you really want to go through this? You've got your family. You want to put them through it. Do you think those kind of conversations are happening behind the scenes? Or are we talking about somebody who's just so wrapped up with their, they, they spend all day reading their own press releases? <laughs> well, first of all, the Biden crime family wants him to do it. They don't. They, they don't want to give their position up. So are they advising right. him to not do it? No. But here's the politics of it. And this is what our listeners need to know. Uh, C. Everett Dirksen once said, uh, you know, when you get to Washington, D.C., you'll find out that we make sausage and you get to see how it's made. It's not pretty. I'm paraphrasing. Uh, here's how the sausage is being made. The Democrat Party cannot stand Kamala Harris. She has been there long enough. The woman is just a non-starter. She's not smart. And I'm not trying to be mean or rude or insensitive. She just isn't. She's not politically savvy. She's just nothing. She checked boxes for them in 2020 and uh, 2020, and they want to get rid of her. Here's the problem, and they want to get rid of Joe. The Biden crime family problems are real problems, and they have a real chance of the big guy being indicted. Now, I don't think it comes to that. Because I don't think the Democrat Party wants it to come to that. And I don't think that Biden wants to go out as having been indicted. I think he thinks that he has some kind of a lineage or a legacy to pass on. So here's the big question, Kevin. And for all of our Archangel Radio listeners out there, ponder this one and tell Kevin and I how this plays out. Their nominee, I'm going to tell you who their nominee is. Are you ready? Cool. Gavin Gruesome Newsomabad. Gavin Newsom is the Democrat Party nominee for 2020. Mark it. You heard it here first. Just mark we, it. We read, uh, timestamp that. That is uh, Chisel a it on a piece of concrete. Chisel <laughs> it in stone. Listen, if you have any questions for Mr. Mike Church, now's your moment. 888 or text me. I'll ask your questions on 251-928-2111. Mike, I've got it chiseled in stone here, Kevin. I uh, hope that they don't dig it up in a few centuries as an artifact of oh, disaster. Yeah. Listen, they'll be, play they'll be playing that snatch, snatch of audio for years to come saying, how did that man know? 
know what was happening. Okay, Mike. So, <laughs> so listen. You you've predicted the two front runners here. Yes. Newsom, Trump. Yes. Talk to me about how that plays out nationally when it comes to the election. Well, now this gets really interesting. So, well, first of all, they have to get. Gavin Newsom as their nominee. How do they do that? Well, they have to convince Biden. Joseph Robinette Biden has to be convinced by hook or crook, as they say. Either you must resign or you're going to get impeached. So you or you must just say you have prudently decided you're not going to run for reelection. And Kamala la la is not an alternative. And then enter Gavin Newsom. I don't know which avenue they're going to choose, but I can tell you that the pressure is there. And the Democrat Party uh, is in shambles right now as a result of it because they don't have a bench. Gavin Newsom is the bench. He is, he, he is the future. He's young. The ladies think he's attractive. He's tall. He stands on a stage well next to Trump. He wins the state of California supposedly easily. Um, yeah. He's not smart. He is, you know, he's Nancy Pelosi's nephew. So he comes Didn't from. Know that. Yes, he comes Didn't from. Know, is that right? Absolutely. Ah. He comes from the uh, Pelosi crime family. Um, uh, he, again, ticks all the boxes. Um, that does not mean because of those things that I just said that he is electable. He's not very well known outside the state of California. He's not even popular in California. Remember, they had an, a, a recall petition, and they actually almost got him recalled. So, But they think that he's the stopgap. Now, here's where it gets really interesting. What do you now do with Robert Francis Kennedy? Do do you actually let RFK Jr. debate and go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Gavin Newsom? And if you do, well, then you're going to run the risk of, of, of Republicans going back to the Democrat Party and voting in Democrat primaries to nominate Robert Francis Kennedy Jr. And as I said, they can't have that. So they have a, uh, Kevin, they have a huge hurdle here to okay. get over. And, and now let me give you the kicker. Yeah, if please. they do to RFK Jr. what they did to Bernie Sanders, then I predict that RFK Jr. goes third party and runs for the presidency as wow. an independent candidate anyway. Wow. That, that's kind of where I was about to head, and you've already uh, jumped there already, uh, Mike. That's fascinating. Just answer me this, though. There is an outlier in this scenario, which I have heard from people who know about these things, okay? So mm -hmm. these are Americans who are well-placed, who comment on politics, and they've been quietly telling me that Michelle Obama is in the frame for the Democrat nomination. Do you think there's any credence to that? Nope. Nope. I think that's a fundraising scam that they use it uh, and they keep the Obamas uh, front and center to try to uh, keep some of their fundraising up. Right. Um, she is a terrible public speaker. She's just not very. She's Hillary. <laughs> if you want to nominate, why, why don't I just go back and get Hillary? Uh, there's a little bit different in appearance, but pretty much the same, uh, cut from the same cloth. I do not believe that in any way, shape, or form. And I do not believe that the Obamas want their now very sordid and very well-documented public uh, or, or, or previous history. I do not believe that they want that aired in a campaign. Okay, so we've got the scenario then where we have... 
Gavin Newsom on one side, President Trump on the other side, perhaps Robert uh, F. Kennedy Jr. in the middle, maybe a third party in, uh, insurgent. What happens next? What's the <laughs> church prediction here? I'm, I'm, I'm loving this. Trump wins. Go to the, uh, Trump wins by a narrow margin. He carries enough states. Uh, he may not get to the uh, to the threshold of the uh, was it 200 and uh, 435 divided by two 269 uh, uh, or 68 electoral votes. Uh, that's the threshold. There is a precedent for this. It has happened in the past. It could get thrown into the House of Representatives, uh, which I believe will still be in Republican control. Which is why they're walking very very gingerly on that impeachment. Kevin Kevin McCarthy is a smart, very well greased, and very well um, uh, uh, very well disciplined politician. He's a better speaker than Paul Ryan ever thought ever was, or any of the other ones. And he's a lot better in that speaker role than anyone gave him credit for. McCarthy is not going to endanger his speakership with this thing with Biden, which is why the the impeachment hasn't happened yet. So it's a three way. Newsom loses, Kennedy loses, Trump wins. It may go to the House of Representatives, and Trump is elected president, P.O.T.U.S. 47. That's that, is, that is incredible. Now, the only thing I would say against that is that is there not going to be a lot of pressure on Robert Kennedy to drop out? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And do you think that's going to have any impact on them? Well, you have to remember the Democrats and through the CIA, or maybe the Republicans, whoever, the deep state killed his uncle. The deep state killed his father. <laughs> These people are the same ones that are running the deep state and the parties today. Now, he thinks he can save the, the Democrat Party. If he doesn't get the nomination, he's failed. Why does he need to remain a Democrat? He would, if he, if by his own admission, his own purpose is to save, his words, not mine, save the Democrat Party or restore the Democrat Party. He's going to fail at that because they're, they're going to make sure that he does. So then why does he have an incentive to remain a Democrat? You know, Mike, listening to you, there's a horrible inevitability about all of this that it's not going to end well one way or the other. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh, this, will, this will be more divisive than Brexit for you. Wow. And it may it's last as long in its divisiveness as Brexit has lasted for you. Is there no chance that Robert Kennedy gets the Democrat uh, and comes through and maybe takes the presidency as well? Do you not think that's a more likely scenario than... than I, I think he has a better chance to, to, to beat Trump than Biden does or yeah. than Gavin Nusamabad does. But no, I do not believe they can let Robert Francis Kennedy anywhere near the uh, the presidency and the leaves of power. He's also he's a non-interventionist when it comes to foreign policy. He's a peacenik. Uh, as I said, he just he doesn't tick any of their boxes other than the two, which are the two social moral issues, homosexuality and abortion. That's the only two boxes he checks. So, no, he, he's not he's not one of them. He just isn't. Uh, and by the way, his uncle and his father could not be nominees to, to today's Democrat Party either. So, Why is that? 
Because, why why do you say that? Well, well, because both of them, well, RFK Jr. Uh, uh, was 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 ardently pro-life and was bucking the family trend. Uh, it was said that JFK may may have been cajoled into it, but we'll never know, will we? Because it wasn't an issue in 1962. So uh, the 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 Kennedys before Edward M. Kennedy, the the uncle, came out as uh, the biggest big name Democrat to go pro-Roe versus Wade, pro-abortion, uh, the two Kennedys were both pro-life. They were pro-marriage, they were pro-heterosexual marriage. They were both Catholics. You can say they were bad Catholics, well, so am I. <laughs> I wouldn't say that, Mike. Uh, neither would any of your listeners. Listen, unfortunately, Mike, we have run out of time on Archangel Radio this morning. It's been absolutely fascinating, as always, getting your take on the, the latest uh, swamp uh, goings-on up there in D.C. Tell people where they can um, find out more about your radio station. But also, congratulations. I hear your podcast is doing very, very well out there. It, it, it's, it's picking up some traction, and it is the new Christendom Day podcast. You can find it easily on Apple's iTunes app or go to my website, mikechurch.com forward slash Apple. And of course, you can find me hiding in plain sight five days a week. Uh, whenever Kevin Turley's not on, I am on crusadechannel.com. But you got a good one there in Kevin Turley and Divine Mercy Chaplet. So uh, when, you, when, when Kevin's not on or if you're looking for an alternative, uh, here, here we are at crusadechannel.com. This is the voice of the King Dude, Mr. Mike Church. Uh, 32 years uh, radio host? 32 years, yes. 32 years 30 younger. How do you do it, Mike? 32 years. Well, as I was saying earlier, you have to, you have to love it. And uh, we must be brothers in arms in this. And uh, we lock arms together, you and I and our other fellow live broadcasters out there. And we stand in solidarity for the, for the reign of the social kingship of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that's Amen. how you do it. Amen. Mike, it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure having you on the air again. I hope you'll come back and speak to us soon. I so look forward to it. I'm counting the days down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's it from us here on Archangel Radio.